my host parents were really great about that. They, like, especially when I first got there, really explained to me, like, okay, this is the bus stop you need, or this is how you get, you know, to wherever. So they were really helpful with explaining even just how to get around the city, but then, yeah, doing, like, giving me recommendations for Rome and my host mom would be like oh like she'd bring something up at the dinner table and she'd be like what you haven't seen that yet like I'd be like there's so much to see I haven't seen everything hi everyone and welcome to episode number 18 of the immigrants light podcast where we share stories of people who left their country to chase a better life I'm Daniel DiBiase and this episode is a little bit different my guest this week Maggie is not an immigrant yet, but she's going to share her experience of being an au pair. Being an au pair is a great option to move to a new country because you will have an accommodation, someone to rely on, and an income which will make the process of moving abroad into a known situation way less scary. If this word au pair is new to you, au pair is someone from a foreign country who helps a family take care of the children as well as some housework. Au pair is a French word that means equal to which is intended that if you are an au pair, you kind of become a member of the family rather than a traditional nanny or babysitter. Maggie is going to talk about pro and cons of being an au pair, tips to find the right family and the website she used. You can find all the links and everything we discussed in the show notes on immigrantslife.com episode 18. Before moving to my conversation with Maggie, Consider subscribing to the podcast. It would be great if you could give us an honest review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can find the links for Apple Podcasts and Podchaser in the show notes as well. And now, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Maggie. Hi, Maggie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks. Pretty good. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, this episode is a little bit different because I usually interview people that uh, they are immigrant, the people that move overseas, they move to a new country. But in your case, you are not an immigrant yet, right? Right, correct. Not yet. <laughs> you're planning to move to Italy at some point? I hope to, yes. <laughs> but you're today, you are here today to talk about au pairing, right? Yeah, definitely. I was an au pair in Italy last fall. So au pair for people that like me don't know how to spell it is spelled like A-U-P-A-I-R, but it's pronounced au pair. And uh, can you tell me a little bit more? What's, uh, first of all, what, what is uh, au pair? So an au pair is basically a live-in nanny or babysitter, you could say. Um, a lot of people hire au pairs so that their children can learn another language. So For me, going to Italy, a lot of Italian families are looking for English-speaking au pairs. So the main job really is to speak with the children in English um, or whatever language they're trying to learn um, so that they can learn it in a very like natural way. And this is why I think au pair could be a great resource for people that are they want to make they want to make the first steps into a new country because this is an opportunity for people to have an accommodation and have an income right away. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, probably in some cases, I don't know if that was your case. Maybe they can even like a pick you up from the airport, which is for some people that could be a huge job. I mean, even moving yes. to a new country <laughs> is a big deal. At least having somebody that's waiting for you on the other side and pick you up from the airport, show you around, and uh, I don't know, uh, yeah. explain <laughs> you a little bit about the country. I think that's a huge help. 
Yeah, definitely. My family, my host family sent a car for me. And actually, when I arrived at their house, my cell phone wasn't working yet. I couldn't figure out how to get it to work in Italy quite yet. So my driver was super nice and let me borrow his phone so I could call them and be like, I'm here. I'm outside. (laughs) I finally made it. (laughs) So, yeah, I experienced a lot of like kindness right when I arrived, which was really nice. That's awesome. And was this the reason why you use au pair for your first? uh, So actually, because you didn't use au pair the first time you went to Italy. Correct. So I studied abroad in Florence um, like three years ago. So for that, I just went through a program through my university and I was living in Florence for five months just in an apartment with other students. So when I decided to au pair, um, it was really just a way for me to get back to Italy, to have a place to stay, a little bit of income, Um, and really just be more involved in the culture than I was when I studied there. Because when you're living with a family, you really get to know the culture a lot better and the language too. So I was learning Italian. So that's the reason why you use au pair the second time, just be more integrated with uh, the Italian culture. Yeah, definitely. Because when you're living with other students, you don't really get, you know, you don't necessarily get interaction with local people unless you're going out and getting that, which... I had with my professors or if I went, you know, out to a cafe. Um, But when you're living with a family, you get to know, you know, like their family, their friends, you're part of the children's lives. You go to activities with the kids. So you're really like living your Italian life because you're so integrated into their family. And I think because it's Italy, you probably have a lot of culture around food, be around with Italian, which you probably don't have if you are a tourist or if you don't. Mm-hmm. know the right people that they don't hang out with Italians, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we had dinner together every night, which was great. <laughs> Amazing food. And what's the process to, to become a, on a, an au pair? Is that how you be, call yourself, like au pair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, au pair. So I actually went through an agency. So a lot of people use, um, there's a website called Au Pair World, I think. So you can make a profile and find families in whatever country you want to go to. Uh, But I ended up using an agency called Rome Abroad, which is based in the U.S. Um, But they send au pairs, or as they call us, travelers um, to different countries. So I think they do like Italy, Spain, France, and China, I believe right now. So working with them, they actually matched me with families. And then I could interview with the families if I thought they were a good fit. Um, And I had decided I wanted to go to Rome because I'd already lived in Florence. So I wanted something new and I have visited Rome before, so I really liked it. So they connected me with families in Rome and actually the first family I interviewed with ended up being my host family. We just connected really well when we video chatted. So I ended up um, being their au pair. Okay. And what's the difference between going with an agency and doing it on your own? I think the nice thing about having an agency, at least for me, was that they could connect me to other au pairs once I had arrived. So it's an easy way to make friends. And then also you just kind of have another context. So if you're ever in trouble for some reason or you just need to like sort out an issue, they're always there for you, which is nice when you're living so far from home. Okay, but that, that does that mean that you have to pay this agency or they have a cut over your earning? How does that work? Yeah, so for my agency, I'm not sure about others. Um, mine, you pay an upfront cost for their services, um, but then you still get paid every week that you are an au pair. So it is more costly to go through an agency, but I felt like in the long run, it just made me feel better to like have 
that agency to back me up if if something ever were to go wrong. And then also just to be connected to the other au pairs that they knew were in Italy and especially in Rome. Like two of my friends were also from the same agency. So that was really nice. And speaking of money, because I heard other people, uh, because I did some research before this interview and I heard other people that were kind of not complaining, but they were like, uh, a cons of au pairing was the the earning, the the money you can actually make. uh, It's actually pretty little. But Mm -hmm. when you're considering all the service, then you have an accommodation, you have food, you have a family, you have like a support from this family. Um, What's your uh, takeaway about earnings about the income of overhearing. Yeah, definitely. It could be considered a con, I think, because you don't make as much. I mean, I definitely didn't make as much as I would make doing the same job in the U.S. But like you said, you get free accommodation. You don't have to pay for any of your meals unless you want to go out to eat one night. Um, And then, yeah, you do get the experience of living with a family locally. So you definitely don't earn as much as you could, you know, doing other jobs or maybe had I stayed in the U.S., I could have earned more. But when I weighed out the experience and having a place to stay, food, et cetera, it it made it worth it to me. Okay, but was that enough for you to sustain yourself or was just, for example, if you if you start with, I don't know, with a if you leave your country with a thousand dollars in your bank account, for example, Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the experience, do you think you will have the same amount of money in your bank account, more, less? Yeah, definitely less. I think it depends also like how much you travel while you're there and how much you spend on a weekly basis. Um, But I definitely saved up keeping in mind that I would only be making, I made like 70 euros a week. Mm -hmm. So I saved money going into it, knowing that I wouldn't be making a lot. Um, And then I ended up traveling some. So I kind of knew like this was my one chance to like, do a lot of travel again because I was in Europe. It's so easy to travel in Europe. Um, so I think if I hadn't traveled as much, I definitely would have been okay. But yeah, you you have to save up for it. I think if, especially if you're coming from the U.S. and you want to have those experiences like traveling. But if you want to just really stay where you are, um, which is totally fine too. I ended up feeling like I left Rome too much. <laughs> like I wish I had stayed a lot of times when I had booked weekend trips. But um, yeah, I think if you stay and you're really conscious of it, you can make it work. Okay, perfect. And uh, so that means you, when you do this, you have like a, enough free time to to actually do a little bit of traveling. And maybe for, for some people, um, because how I see it is uh, for people, not just the traveling, For I'm trying to focus for people that want to emigrate. So use mm-hmm. this as a getaway to go and move to a new country. So the way I see it is you do au pair at the beginning of your experience to start like making your first steps into a new country and use your mm-hmm. spare time maybe to find another job to get you um, to the next level to actually make you find a sponsor to get from that get a sponsor you get uh, a, a work permit to stay longer in the country. Do you mm-hmm. think you will have enough free time to, to be able to do that? Yeah, definitely. I had friends who were also au pairs that taught English either on the weekend or mornings where they weren't working. So, for example, my schedule was I had the mornings free always, and then I would pick up the kids from school around lunchtime. They didn't eat lunch at school, so we would go home. I would make them lunch, and then we would hang out, work on their English or their homework, 
and then go to their activities for the evening. And then we would be home in time to eat dinner with the family. So there's definitely time in the morning and then you almost always have your weekends free. I mean, some families it might be different, but usually you can get a feel for that before you go over. Um, so there's definitely time for extra an extra job or looking for a job. And all of this you discussed before you get there, when you, you, you talk about your schedule, the, your uh, duties and everything, when you meet the family over FaceTime or Skype or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So I video chatted with the family and had a lot of questions for them. They had questions for me. So we kind of got to know each other first and then talked about the schedule and expectations. Um, so I had a really clear idea of like what my hours would be going into it and what I'd be making pay-wise. Um, and then once I got there, you know, of course you get to know the family and maybe you help out around the house a little more. Like, for example, I would make the kids beds in the morning. I would take out the trash if it needed to be taken out because both of my host parents bike to work. So they couldn't really manage the kids in the trash and whatever. So that was one of my jobs. And then, um, of course, like after dinner, I would obviously help them clean up or help them cook dinner um, and always like be around and asking if they needed help. So I think that really helps too to make um, the relationship really good is to always be willing to like help out and really be a part of the family. And, you know, if I were at home with my own parents, I would help them cook and help them clean up. So it's the same deal when you're living with a different family, I guess. You know, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any maybe uh, some tips uh, that you can give to people that uh, they're going to the first interview or when they interviewed uh, this family? Was they maybe the things that you learn from your experience, the things that you might need to ask? Because sometimes even like I'm talking about the money, how much you get paid, maybe some kind of like a mm -hmm. topic that people don't want to discuss. And do you have any other tips that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, definitely go in with questions. And I think... The first, the first thing that's the most important is like feeling out, you know, like, I don't want to say the vibe, but you know, there's a certain like energy you can feel from the people. So um, with my host family, I felt like we got along instantly and that was really great. And I think what's really important is asking about the kids. So, you know, what do they like to do? Their ages, what activities do they have? Um For me, I had already been a babysitter for a very long time, and my host family ended up being a boy and a girl, and I had babysat a lot of different families that also just had a boy and a girl, so I definitely knew like how the relationship worked um, and how to take care of kids of that age, so that was important. Um, I think also one thing that's really important, too, is asking where they live in the city, especially For a city like Rome, it's very big. There are a lot of different neighborhoods. Um, and I had a couple friends who ended up being like very far out of the city center. So it wasn't super ideal for them to, you know, come into the city at night or things like that. So I think getting a good idea of where they live is important too. Um, and then for me, I didn't really have to ask about pay because that was just set by the agency. So it wasn't something I had to talk about with them because I already knew what it would be. Um, but yeah, I think just getting a, getting a feel for them and making sure, you know, they seem like a good fit for you. Okay. Perfect. And sorry, I want to go back to, to, to money again. I think it's just an important thing for people to move, uh, to move abroad. 
Yeah. Because the other thing I heard from other people is that paid is a little bit, there's like a gray area where people usually pay you in cash and they pay you mm -hmm. weekly, monthly, sometimes they forget to pay you. Uh, is it different with an agency? So if you go for an agency, you get paid through the agency like you would be through, uh, I don't know, like Airbnb or that kind of things that, that you, you mm -hmm. host and you, you get paid through the agency? No, so actually it was just directly from the host family. So kind of similar where you just get paid in cash. Um, I don't know if other agencies are different, but it's a little bit hard because you're, you know, oftentimes just on a tourist visa, so you can't technically work. So um, it definitely is a gray area for au pairing. I think for anyone just with, you know, getting or not being on a certain type of visa, um, So yeah, the family just paid me directly. Mm, okay. And is there any requirement to become an au pair? I think just having prior experience taking care of children is a big thing. Um, I know a lot of people maybe have taught English before or been a teacher, but I think just having experience either being a babysitter or a nanny is important because you're basically your one job is to take care of the children. So. Okay, so there's no like uh, age uh, requirements or language requirements uh, as far as you know? I'm not sure about age. I think agencies might have a limit, like maybe you have to be 18, um, but I'm not totally sure. I think most most of the other au pairs I know are at least 18 or older. Yeah, no, I would imagine that you probably need to at least be um, 18 years old to, to, to do yeah. it, just for legally to do something mm -hmm. like this. I was maybe thinking maybe there's an age between, I don't know, between 18 and 35 or something like that. Or yeah. anybody, even somebody that's 50s or 40s can do something like that. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure about like like a maximum age requirement. I think the oldest au pair I met during my time in Rome was late 20s. Um, so I think typically it's viewed as something you can do when you're younger because, you know, you aren't tied down to maybe a partner or a family. So you you have the freedom to travel. Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't think there is a max age limit, but I think typically it's viewed as something younger people do. So. Yeah, no, no, makes sense. I mean, it, because it's, it's something that you can do, uh, you can only do alone. A mm -hmm. couple can apply to be au pair together, right? Not that I know of. That's what mm -hmm. I would, I, would I, I imagine. Yeah. So one of the requirements or one of the reasons why they, they hire you, like let's, let's call it hire you, was to to teach English to their kids, right, mainly? Mm -hmm. Or what was the, the biggest uh, reason why they hired you to take care of the kids or to teach them the language or both, I don't know? Definitely both. I think, I mean, I think they're both equally as important, but definitely teaching English is a big, big deal. So a lot of, at least a lot of Italian families look for people where English is their mother tongue. Um, but I do have a friend who's Dutch and she is an au pair and speaks English with the kids because she's at a high enough level of English where she's fluent. She, she has a very good grasp of the language so she can do it. But I would say definitely teaching English. So for me, because I speak both Italian and English and my youngest child when I was in Rome was six, um, I spoke, you know, both languages because she wasn't at an age where she knew enough English. So I think it would have been really frustrating if I had only spoken English with her. I mean, she would have she would have picked up, but it would have been, you know, maybe a little bit more frustrating for her than if I could, you know, switch between the languages. But I do have friends who only spoke English. They didn't know any Italian and they 
they got along just fine. So I can't even imagine being in that situation where you can you can only speak your own language and you can understand what they say. Is at least the parents yeah. were speaking English, right? Yeah. So my host mom was actually Spanish, but had lived in Italy for many years. My host dad was Italian, um, but they both spoke Italian, English, Spanish. So often at the dinner table, it was a mixture of all three languages. <laughs> so I, got, I learned a little bit more Spanish again, <laughs> which was good. Yeah, because you told me that uh, you, you grew up learning and speaking uh, Spanish, right? Yeah, so I learned Spanish ever since I was young. I think that's the experience of most people in the U.S. is Spanish is the second language you usually focus on. So I studied it all the way until I went to university um, and then just switched to Italian because that's where I wanted to be and that's the language that I was more passionate about. It's a good language. It is. (laughs) (laughs) And... Did you find, uh, because another thing I find out from my research is that sometimes being an au pair could be, or could feel unsafe because you get into somebody else's house and could be some like a weird situation. Did you witness any of the situation? How did you feel about safety when you, when you moved to with this family? Yeah. I mean, I felt completely safe. I think for me, that was another reason I went through the agency was just um, to know that they had already checked out these families. A lot of the families that they recommend have had previous au pairs, so you can speak to their previous au pair. Um, I was actually the first au pair for my host family, so I didn't, I wasn't able to speak to like a previous au pair. Um, But I felt really safe about it because we had video chatted a couple times and then Actually, before I left, we video chatted with my parents so they could meet each other. (laughs) Um, So that was really important for my parents to do. And my host family actually really loved it because Italians are so like family oriented. So um, I felt safe. And I also was familiar with the area they lived in already since I had been to Rome. I had friends that studied there. So I knew the area they lived in and it turned out to be really great, really safe. Um, I do have a friend who ended up being in a neighborhood that wasn't as ideal. So she, I feel like, missed out a little bit on some experiences because she was, you know, maybe more afraid to leave her house when it was later at night or early in the morning, things like that. Especially, you know, as a woman being alone in a foreign country, (laughs) um, if you don't necessarily speak the language or feel safe, you know, that could really make your experience very different, I think. Um, but overall, I felt very safe about it. Even Eva, even your friend, I mean, she didn't feel safe, not because of the family, but actually for the city and the area she was living in. Yeah. I didn't ask you about what age did you did you move to Italy? When What, what age did you do your au pair experience? Yeah, so I was 23. I'm 24 now. So. Okay, so it was, in, it was last year, right? Yep. Yeah, last fall. So September through December 2019. Oh, sweet. You were yeah. on just a, on a tourist visa at this point, right? Yes. Yep. What was the, the visa? Because I never interviewed somebody that actually went to Italy or trying to move to Italy. This is the first time. So um, <laughs> how was the, the visa? How long was the visa? So when you're on a tourist visa, it's not something you have to apply for as a U.S. citizen when you're going to Europe. Um, so you can be in the Schengen zone, which is... Um, I think it's 26 countries in Europe. You're probably familiar with it. Um, But you can be in that zone for 90 days in a 180-day period. So 
I made sure I booked my flights where I was there. I think I was there like 89 days um, so that I didn't go past my visa date. Um, And then had the pandemic not happened, I wouldn't have been able to return until after like mid-March. So I would have had to wait 90 days once I got back to the U.S. to go back if I was going on a tourist visa. Um, So, but like I told you, I had planned to go on a student visa and take Italian classes and so that that's a different visa process. So you can stay longer on the student visa. Okay. And do you know if you, if when you're a student, can you are you allowed to work in Italy? Yes. So I believe on the student visa, there's a certain number of hours you can work um, per week. I don't know what it is exactly, um, but yes, you can work on a student visa. And do you think like a be an au pair can be compatible if you're a student? Um, you know, I think a lot of people, if they're doing their master's or their university um, in Italy, they do um, au pair. I don't know anyone personally, but I am part of a lot of au pair Facebook groups. And I've seen a lot of people who are maybe at university in Rome and looking for a family to live with. Um, I think that's mostly for maybe other Europeans who are studying in Italy. Um and it's obviously a lot easier if you're, you know, a European citizen to move to a different country in Europe. Um, but yeah, you could definitely do it as a student. So you will have enough time to to take classes and studying and everything, right? Yeah, I think you would have to find a family that could be flexible with your class schedule, but I think it could work for sure. And one of my friends um, actually was doing university just online while she was an au pair. So she had plenty of time to do her classes just online and then take care of the kids too. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, do you have any, I don't know, pro or cons about uh, au pair in general? Yeah, I mean, for me, there were a lot more pros than cons. Um, For me, the pros were being able to live abroad and have a place to stay, food, et cetera, and not have to pay for that. Um, That was a big thing because ever since I had studied in Italy, I really wanted to return. So this was really one of the few ways that I felt like I could do that feasibly. Um, Another pro for me was that it was really easy to learn the language living with a host family and then just living, you know, in a, in Rome. Um, You also get to experience another culture firsthand because you're living, you know, with Italians. So um, to be able to experience the culture like to that level and to get to know it so much more was really important for me. Um, I think the cons would be, maybe a little bit less freedom than you're used to when you're just living at home or on your own um, because you are constricted by your schedule and, you know, what your host family is doing. I didn't find this to be like a hard thing. Um, I went on a weekend trip to London because my cousin was living there and my host family was very nice about arranging that so that I could leave like one day early um, and not work for one day and then make up another day. So they were really flexible, but I know like some people that might've been, you know, really hard for them to maybe have that conversation with their host parent or feel like they couldn't skip out on work or, you know, things like that. Um, I think also for some people, a con might be some of the cultural differences if you're not used to them. Um, So like, eating dinner together, which I didn't think was a bad thing, but, um, you know, some people might not be used to that or just, you know, the way Italians live is different than Americans. So if you're not used to that, you might, you know, find it strange or hard to adjust to. 
So I think it was helpful that I had already lived in Italy and kind of knew some of these things. Um, but for friends who hadn't been there before, it might have been harder to adjust. Um, and then again, another con might be the pay. So like if I had just stayed in the U.S. and worked there, I would have made more money. But um, I wanted to have this experience. So I moved to Italy. Yeah, no, fair enough. It's a, I think it's a great, a great opportunity that you can you can do that. And as we discussed before, um, being able to live with a f- Italian family in in, in Italy, mm-hmm. I think is that's the best way to leave the country. Yeah, definitely. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, because you've been to Rome twice, the first time mm-hmm. on your own, and the second time you were living there with the family. Yeah, I've actually been there. Th- three times uh, okay. <laughs> I had I had visited twice and then I moved there so yeah and did you see any difference between going there on your own and living there with a the family and people from Italy oh definitely yeah I mean because I was there a longer amount of time I got to know the city so much more um And then just having a host family, I mean, I got to know their extended family. So I would bring the kids to their grandma's house every Thursday afternoon. Um, So then I got to know the grandma, the cousin, you know, the aunt, everyone. So that that was really nice because like if it was raining out and we didn't want to take the bus, you know, the aunt would like drive by the bus station and pick us up, (laughs) save us from the rain. Um, And, you know, I was always invited to like their family birthday dinners at the grandma's house and things like that. So it's definitely a different experience when you're living there and you have a home base like that, like you get to know your neighborhood. Um, But even just, you know, most mornings during the week, I would just walk around the city and go like sketch somewhere, write somewhere. Um, So you get a lot of time to really get to know the city. And I mean... Rome, you need like a thousand lifetimes to discover everything, but I feel like I have a pretty good grasp now of like places in Rome, cities, like all the neighborhoods. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because another thing that I'm so, I'm, because I'm Italian, I know the culture different mm-hmm. between Italian culture and American culture. Yeah. And I don't know, being like, being around Italians, even like a breakfast, for example, if you are an American and go to Italy and you have the freedom to make breakfast, whatever you want, you will have mm-hmm. an, an American breakfast. <laughs> you know, because when I talk to people here in Canada or was in New Zealand, I was talking about breakfast being something sweet. They would look at me like I, I was coming mm-hmm. from another planet. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like a sweet for breakfast? Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> and, the same, and vice versa, when I talk about to Italians that we don't, here in North America, we don't have sweet breakfast they look at me like mm-hmm. really how, how else can you yeah. eat for breakfast even this kind of things if you don't know and if you don't like uh, get into the culture and talk with people you, you don't know all these kind of things even yeah it, i don't know even to the cafe in the morning i've got a, a croissant and cappuccino that kind of things that mm-hmm. it, italians for italians is totally normal that's what you do when you go to the cafe but yeah. For an American or for somebody else, it's not that common. Maybe they don't mm-hmm. even go to the cafe. They go at the pub to get a breakfast because that's <laughs> the kind of things you do in North America. Yeah. Um, so all of this and even for for me as Italian, I remember when I used to go travel, even find the right restaurant with the, the proper food. You mm-hmm. can't follow where tourists go. That's usually the crappy food yeah. <laughs> and usually it's the most expensive and it's not good quality. But if you ask somebody there... Um, mm-hmm. a local person that will tell you to go in a, like, I don't know, down like a, this little, I don't know, alley or <laughs> yeah. this, like, in this little street, in, like mm-hmm. in um, a restaurant that looked like 
the shittiest restaurant <laughs> you can find in town, yeah. <laughs> but they got the best food run by a family. Maybe the grandma is cooking food. It is the best mm-hmm. food you can have. And you can't, totally. you can't find that if you don't integrate with the culture, if you don't speak the language. And, and mm-hmm. I think the way that au pair and living with the family, they can tell you even like the tourist attraction, if like a don't go there because it's expensive it's busy and it's not actually worth a go over there, which is exactly the same, but it's free. You know, that kind of yeah. things that you will necessarily don't know if you're mm-hmm. on your own or if you follow a tourist guide. Yeah, no, totally. My my host parents were really great about that. They, like, especially when I first got there, really explained to me, like, okay, this is the bus stop you need or this is how you get, you know, to wherever. So they were really helpful with explaining even just how to get around the city, but then... Yeah, doing like giving me recommendations for Rome and my host mom would be like, oh, like she'd bring something up at the dinner table and she'd be like, what? You haven't seen that yet? Like, I'd be like, there's so much to see. I haven't seen everything. So, yeah, they were always giving me recommendations. And then I was always doing like day trips on the weekends and they were always like, yeah, you're seeing more of Italy than we've seen. <laughs> so it was funny. They were like a little bit jealous that I was traveling so much. But yeah, they were super helpful for like getting used to Rome and figuring out how to how to get around. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you want to do you have anything else do you want to add that we didn't discuss? Um, I guess I just really loved being an au pair because it's a super easy way to live abroad and, you know, get that cultural experience like I talked about. Um, I think my one piece of advice would be like to be intentional about why you're going. So for me, I wanted to live in Italy again, try it out again. Um, So it was really great for that to be a part of the culture and a part of the city for the three months that I was there. And I think it's really important to get to know like where you are and don't spend too much time traveling <laughs> so that you can get to know where you're living and spend time with your host family because they're great. Yeah, no, no, you're totally right. And this could be even for somebody that are planning to move to another country, having an idea of the new country, if they like it or not, because yes. that could be a total thing. Maybe you decide to, we want to move to, to Italy or Spain or France, you go there like a no, I can't have sweet stuff for breakfast. I will never leave in this country <laughs> yeah. where they have like a sweet breakfast. Yeah. I don't know why anyone thinks having cookies for breakfast or cake for breakfast is wrong. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> oh, it's way better than American breakfast. <laughs> yeah, but you agree, right? In America, yeah. you don't have cookies for breakfast no. or biscuits. No, They're people like... would look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there definitely people did when I was having like a my tea and biscuits in the morning. Like, then you're yeah. doing. Like, <laughs> breakfast that's not breakfast that's dessert (laughs) yeah it's so funny (laughs) so another thing i want to talk to you because um one of the thing the main thing actually for for this podcast is to help people like like you pretty much in your situation that wants to move abroad Mm -hmm. to i don't know to give it like the resources tips and stories whatever everything they need to to actually do it um, yeah. what exactly people in your situation, what kind of like a resources or tips uh, are looking for when they're moving abroad? Yeah. I mean, before I made the decision to be an au pair, kind of like while I was in the process of becoming one, I watched a lot of like YouTube videos by people who had done it before listening to their experience. Um, you can always just Google search and see what comes up about au pairing. Um, I have a bit of information about it, like on my website, 
Um, but I think for me, what really helped was just like watching even just vlogs of people who were au pairs and seeing kind of like what a day in their life looked like. Um, and then of course my agency had a lot of resources too. So, um, if you do choose to go through an agency, they can kind of give you a lot of information about it. But I would say just, you know, watching videos or reading blogs about people who have done it, or even just reach out to people, you know, that have been an au pair before and ask them about their experience. Um, I think that helps to just kind of get like the firsthand account of what it's really like to be an au pair. Um, and the best way to do that is just to talk to people who have done it. How do you connect with other people that actually did it through the agency or like Facebook groups or how do you connect with other au pairs? Yeah, I would say both. Um, so through my agency, I was in like a group message with the other au pairs. Um, and then there are also au pair Facebook groups. So you can really just search like au pair in Rome or um, something like that. Um, otherwise, like expats in Rome. Um, and through that, you can actually like post, post there, ask questions, or once you get to your destination, you can reach out and say you're looking for friends and meet people that way. So, um, yeah, so definitely like Facebook groups. And then if you do go through an agency, they can connect you with other au pairs. Awesome. And where people can find you if you do want to get in touch with you and want to know more about you or your story, how you did it, and maybe question about au pair. Yeah, definitely. So my Instagram name is just at the artful every day. Um, and that's also the name of my blog, which is at the artful So you can DM me on Instagram or uh, my emails on my website also. So awesome. I will put everything in the show notes for people that Great. want to reach out to you. Awesome. Thank you very Sounds much for, uh, for taking the time to do this interview. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully it will be episode number two, like the second, uh, the, the continuation of this when you, yeah. when, you move, when you move to Italy, we'll interview again and, and see how everything goes. <laughs> yeah, check back in like a year, maybe. <laughs> uh, let's see how the COVID, uh, the COVID situation yes. is going to work out. Exactly. Awesome. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. You can subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and please consider give us a review. It will help this podcast growing and reach more people. You can find the show notes and more stories on immigrantslife.com. And if you want to be on the show, you can visit immigrantslife.com slash your story. One more thing before we go. I'm starting a video series on YouTube where I'm going to share everything I know about immigrating. Things from my personal experience and from people I interview on the show. The first episode will be out a few days after this episode is released, and I'm pretty excited about it. If you don't want to miss it, consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you have any specific topic you want me to cover in these videos, send me an email at daniel at immigrantslife.com. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you in the next one. Ciao!